right the way through this life into life eternal. This hope is steadfast and certain. You can bet your life on it and you can give your life to it as, as well. You know, people say this side of eternity before Christ comes back, there's one thing that's certain in life and that's, that's death. And uh, no matter how you feel this morning, do you know something? You're getting older. Do you know that? Do you know, my, one of my children said to me three days ago, just three days ago, they said this. They said, said oh, Dad, it's just your face that makes you look old. <laughs> it's like, thanks. That's, that's really good. It's just your bottom that's going to hurt in a minute. But uh, no, 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 no. that's a joke, by the way. But uh, yes. Yeah. One of the signs, one of the other signs that you're getting older, and the kids, most of the children have gone out now, so this will be uh, relevant to most people in the room. You identify with this, is that the joy of an Easter egg gets replaced. As you get older, I don't know, it happens sort of late teens, early 20s, the sheer joy and delight of oh, an egg, an egg of chocolate gets replaced with, yeah, well, you get more chocolate in a bar, don't you? <laughs> and it's cheaper. It, it gets replaced. And then you know you're really old when, uh, when, someone, when someone says that to you and you say, no, 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 it's not that I'm getting old, it's wisdom. <laughs> you see, that's, uh, that, that, be warned, you're, you're on a slippery slope uh, there as well. You know, my granddad was such a, a strong man uh, in younger life. And one time I saw him, and he had all cuts and bruises over his face. And I said, Granddad, what, what happened? And it turned out he had tried to, for whatever reason, I don't know, jump over a coffee table. And uh, he said, The spirit was willing, but the body failed him as he was getting older. And the truth is, no matter whether we like to think about it or not, whether we keep fit or not, whether we dye our hair or not. I, I don't dye my hair. I just like to uh, point that out. I'll go, just happily go gray. But the truth is we're getting older. And uh, whether, whether we spend money on it or interest on trying to keep ourselves younger, none of these schemes will work indefinitely. Now, in the 21st century Britain, we don't like to talk about death, do we? But actually, that's the opposite, you know, of, of um, Victorian Britain, as they loved to talk about death. That would be a general conversation in the streets. They just had a sort of morbid fascination, I suppose. But uh, some people today think, ah, oh, once you die, that's it. That's, that's the end. Maybe that's why people don't like talking about it. Other people, they're not really sure what will happen. They sort of hope that they will go to be uh, in a better place if there is, is something. But again, they don't like to think about it. Yet the Bible is clear. God has made you to live for eternity. And Jesus himself, when he was dying on the cross, could say to the thief next to him, he promised him, he said, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Just hear the absolute security of the Son of God speaking there, not in, a, you know, in the safety of his own home, but in what would be his darkest hour when he was dying in agony on the cross. Today, you will be with me in paradise. My friends, no other credible religious figure could offer anything 
like that. Not even to their own family could they promise anything. They say, oh, no, I can't promise you anything. It's, it's not up to, up to me. Yet Jesus makes it clear. Right at the end of his life, right at the end of that thief's life, just because the thief had put his faith in him, that today he would be with Jesus in paradise. Jesus could give um, immoral people, he could say to them, your sins have been forgiven you. Now, how can that be possible? How can it even be right that Jesus can forgive someone else's sins? Well, the Bible is clear. God made all of us. He made the whole world and all that is in, in it. And every one of us have done things that offend God. None of us in the room, I don't think any of us here, would claim to be perfect. And if you include the things that you have said, then that's even worse still, isn't it? Most of us have said things that the moment we've said it, we think, oh, I wish I could take that back. Then there are things that you and I have thought that are darker still, aren't there? And we're just glad that they, no one else can see into our mind, and we hope they don't sort of slip out our mouth accidentally, otherwise we'd be embarrassed or ashamed even. Yet the Bible is clear that God discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight. But all are naked and exposed to the eye of him to whom we must give an account. That's an account for every deed that we've done, every word that we've said, every thought that we've thought. And the Bible makes it clear that none of us are good enough before God to be declared okay. All of us fall short. And if you do an honest assessment of yourself, you'd realize that to be true because you, you fall short of your own standards in life from time to time. We all do it. We all have you know, goals and expectations of ourselves that we, we, let, we let people down. We let others down. We let loved ones down. We let ourselves down as well. How much more the almighty standards. Reminds me of a joke. It's a bad joke, but I'm going to tell it anyway because I'm a dad, so I'm allowed to tell bad jokes. But it's of the inflatable boy who goes to an inflatable school to see his inflatable friends, but he has a pin in his pocket. And at the end of the day, when he's been messing about, the head teacher says to him, well, you've let yourself down, you've let your friends down, you've let the whole school down. <laughs> anyway, told you it's a bad joke. But uh, it's Easter, and, you know, I'm, uh, you know, a dad, I'm trained in these bad these bad jokes. It's a bad joke, but the truth is serious, actually. We are that boy or that girl before God. We've let ourselves down. We've let people around us down. We've let everybody down. By ourselves, we cannot even meet the entry level to heaven. But the wonderful truth of the gospel is, which is why we celebrate this Easter, it's why it's called Good Friday, is that what we could not do for God to make ourselves good enough. God did by becoming a man, the man Jesus Christ, who died not in a tragic accident, but it was part of God's definite plan. It was prophesied over a thousand years beforehand, and, and, and in many prophecies there were about the Christ coming and him living and him dying and him raising 
being raised from the dead. If, you t- if you've um, got a Bible, if you want to open 1 Corinthians 15, one, a few verses will just appear on the screen behind me, which I'm just going to read to you now. It says this in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 to 6. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to us. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. Paul's laboring that point. And that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Paul said, most of them are alive. Go and ask them yourselves that, that, they, that they have seen Jesus. He died for our sins, the things we've done that are wrong, the things that we have said and the things that we have thought that offend God and hurt others and damage ourselves. So that on the cross, Jesus could take the punishment for the things that you and I and the whole world has, has, have done. Take, take that on himself. You see, anything that the Bible calls sin is ultimately against God. It offends God the most because he made all, he owns all, and he is responsible for everything. And because he is righteous and good, he does have to punish wrongdoing wherever he sees it. Otherwise, he would cease to be good. He would cease to be righteous. But that punishment, the Bible makes clear, because God is holy, results in our separation, our eternal separation from God, which would be a pretty miserable thing to to celebrate this Easter if it wasn't for the fact that Christ died so that he could take that punishment and he rose again as a sign that you now, if you put your faith in Jesus and for all of those who have done that, you can have access to God. You have that relationship restored. You have a future hope that is guaranteed. And this wasn't done in secret, as Paul makes clear. Paul says he appeared to over 500 people. There was no solo hallucination. It was done publicly. The resurrection was a sign to all who put their faith in Jesus, that they too will rise again with him. Jesus says this, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. If you're here today and you have not put your faith and trust in Jesus, our society may teach you that, oh yeah, no, all roads lead to God, you'll, you'll be all right. But Jesus is very clear, in fact. He says, he is the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father. No one gets into heaven except through him. Jesus died and rose again so that you could know forgiveness and acceptance with God and have that certain hope of life eternal. And that's what we celebrate this Easter When we die, our spirit, the Bible makes clear, our spirit either goes to a place called Hades where we await judgment from God or it goes to that place that he talks about with a thief, paradise, where you go to be with Jesus. But that's not the end, my friends. When Christ returns, he will raise the living 
and the dead will get resurrected bodies when he returns. It goes on in 1 Corinthians 15. The verses should appear behind me as well. In verses 20 to 22, it says, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection from the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. These new bodies that we will get when Christ returns will be similar to these old bodies, but they will be better than these old bodies that are the perishing. Because if it goes on to say in verses 42 to 44, again, they should appear on the screen. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown perishable that will perish and die? What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there's a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. And we get to enjoy these imperishable bodies on a renewed and perfected earth, as we looked at last week, where God will dwell with his people in such a tangible way. And God will be showering blessing upon blessing on his people. He's going to show us, he says he's going to lavish his grace and his kindness upon us for all eternity in Ephesians 2, verses 7. This passage goes on to say in uh, verse 50, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. But I tell you a, a mystery. We shall not all sleep. That means we won't all die. But we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, the last trumpet will sound when, the Bible says the trumpet will sound when Christ is returning from heaven. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable. We shall be changed. For the perishable body must put on the imperishable. And this mortal body must put on immortality. And when the perishable puts on imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass a saying that is written, written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law, because we all fail to do the law. That's what has power over us. But thanks be to God, who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, there's no fear in death for those who put their faith in Jesus. A glorious future awaits us for all eternity. No wonder Paul finishes this marvelous chapter by saying, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that it is the Lord, you, you, uh, know, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. My friends, we praise God for the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
Let's make sure as believers here today that we don't get distracted or disheartened by the things that go on in this life. This Easter, let's make sure that we live out that verse, that we are steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord that he has for us, knowing that our labor is not in vain. All that we do in faith for God, he will reward us for. And we are not living for this age anyway. We're living for the age to come, the eternal age. Look to invest in that eternal age, in the age to come, as you stand firm in trials, knowing that God will reward you for standing firm in him. My friends, this Easter, let's choose to take our eyes off the things that are perishing, the things that are temporary in this world, and focus on Jesus and focus on the things that were going to last for all eternity. Because one day when Christ returns, we will be we'll be raised from the dead if we've died or our bodies will be changed if we're, if we're still alive, have that privilege to be alive when he returns. And what is perishable will be clothed with, with what is imperishable. And what is mortal will be clothed with what is immortal. And if you have not sought Jesus before, if you've not sorted yourself out with God, or if you have and you've gone away with him, and t- today you're thinking, actually, I know, I need to get right with Jesus. I need to receive his forgiveness. And I want that promise for myself. I want to know that when I die, I'm going to be with him for all eternity. I'm just going to ask everyone to, to bow their heads and to close their eyes. And if that's you here today, God knows all about you and he loves you. I just encourage you to pray this prayer in your hearts along with me. It's a prayer of surrender to to him and a thanks to him. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me enough to send Jesus to come and to die on the cross for me. Please forgive me of all that I have done that is wrong. And through your Holy Spirit, help me live the rest of of my life for you. And lead me into life eternal. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we have a number of these uh, leaflets here. Why Easter? Please come and uh, either grab one for me or they're by the door as well. You can grab one there to explain a bit more about what you have uh, just done and, uh, and um, will help uh, yeah, will help you as you begin your Christian walk. The Bible says you believe in your heart that you confess with your mouth. So it's also important to tell somebody, either the person you've come with or you can come and grab me afterwards, that you've made that response to, to, to Jesus this morning. And it's this glorious truth that's why people are also wanting to be baptized today too. You see, as baptism is a symbol, it's a sign that you're wanting to obey Jesus because he commands all his followers to be baptized. Jesus himself gave us the example as an adult before he began his ministry. He was baptized by John as an example for us to follow in. The Apostle Paul, he links baptism, that's going down into the water, with linking us with the people of Israel under 
Moses, who went through the water of baptism, as he calls it, as they came out of the, the land of Egypt. Baptism is a sign of our union with Christ, as, as Sam said earlier, that we, as we go down into the, the water, it's linking us with Christ, who died on the cross for us and was placed into the tomb. And then as we raise them out of the water... Don't worry, don't keep them there for three days, just, you know, not even th three seconds normally. It's less, less than that, but uh, uh, otherwise we may be burying them as well but, uh, and, and arrested. But um, still, uh, as you raise them out of the water, it's, raise, it's a sign that they're being raised to new life, just as Christ was raised from the tomb.